0: this morning. That would be great. Jesus is good. We made it another week. Mason's gonna sing first. Jesus saves. We have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. this morning.
1: That means he's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Can you raise your hand? Awesome. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'm going to let you be seated for a few moments. If you have a special need this morning, I'm going to get you, if you would, just to signify that with a hand raise. And if you would, I want you to pray for my family this morning. Uh, My cousin's husband, he was only in his 30s, um, passed away suddenly. They're thinking of a heart attack Friday night. And uh, just very unexpected, so if you would, I want you to remember my mom's family uh, when you pray today. I know arrangements are going to be made this week. They're from Pleasant Shade, so uh, they're local, but uh, if you would, just remember this family as we pray this morning. Join with me today as we pray. Lord, I thank you that we serve a God that's big enough. Lord, that's big enough to handle our situation. That's big enough to handle our problems, Lord. And, Lord, I ask you, Lord, right now, Lord, to allow your anointing to flow in this church service. Lord, we come together but for one purpose. That is to worship and honor you, Lord Jesus, with our presence and with our song. And Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to be with me as I preach the message that you've laid upon my heart this morning. And Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to be with my family, Lord, as we go through this difficult situation, this unexpected death, Lord Jesus. Lord, we don't understand and we don't know all things, but Lord, we know you do. And Lord, we are placing, Lord Jesus, this young couple, Lord, this... Lord, family in your hands, and Lord, I'm just asking you, Lord, right now, Lord, to move upon this situation, and Lord, everyone that raised their hand that said, I need have a need this morning, Lord, you know what that need is, and Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to allow the anointing to flow in their life, Lord, that you would touch that need, Lord, it may be a healing touch that they need, it may be, Lord Jesus, sort a financial miracle, Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, today, Lord, to reach down, and Lord, touch us where we're at, and, Lord, allow the anointing to flow in our life, and we're going to give you praise and glory for everything today. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to allow you to be seated for a moment. Will you hand me uh, just, yes, thank you. want to uh, go through a couple announcements with you. Uh, this is harvest month for Our church, and today is friends and family day. And uh, I just want to recognize he didn't know I was gonna do this, but I just want to recognize a wonderful friend that I've had over 20 years Uh, my partner Henry. Wave to him, Henry. Y'all heard me talk about him. Uh, How do I know that? Because my son today has a birthday that's he's 21 today, so I keep up with it. Spencer was just a year old when I met Henry. And it's hard to believe it's been that long, but uh, known him for uh, just a great guy, wonderful friend, and uh, so. But anyway, glad to have him. So I got a friend today that come. Did y'all do that no. by default? <laughs> but if this is your first time with us today, I just want to welcome you to Community Connection. Sister Brenda's got an announcement she wants to make for the ladies' ministry, and uh, I'm going to ask her to come and do that now.
0: So, I've got some exciting news for our ladies next Sunday afternoon. um, Sister Kathy Chun is coming to speak to us. She had uh, been, we'd had her to come a few months ago, and she got deathly sick, so she had to reschedule us, but she's coming Sunday afternoon to do our ladies' ministries for us, and I think we'll have a really good time with Sister Kathy being there, and just for a Sunday school pitch. Her husband's coming with her, of course, who is Rucker Chun, who has preached for us before for Brian. And uh, he's going to teach our Sunday school class next Sunday. So, you hoo (laughs) Get two blessings out of one family. How about that? So, everybody, all the ladies, spread the word and uh, tell everybody and just invite anybody to come.
2: Thank you.
1: All right, Brother Billy Kabir, tell them about the men's 22nd event.
2: All right. Thank you, Pastor. And uh, so... As you'll see up there on the board, um, um, October 22nd is a Tuesday night, and we're having our men's community supper. And we always have the men's breakfast like we had yesterday and had a good, a good time there. But this October 22nd, we're having a men's supper. It's for all men in the community. And uh, evangelist Ken Freeman is going to be coming in and uh, doing some ministry here in, in Macon County, that whole week, and he's actually going to be doing a big thing at the football stadium on Wednesday. So we're going to have him up here speaking to us men uh, on Tuesday night, and then he's going to be at the football stadium, and it's going to be for for, uh, all kinds of events going on, young men and football players and school kids and everybody. So I would really encourage all of the guys to come on on that Tuesday night, and we're going to be serving from 5.30 to 6.30. We're going to have uh, supper-type food, and then we'll have some praise and worship, uh, and then Ken will start at uh, 7 o'clock speaking. So, guys, I really want to encourage you to come out. Uh, if, if you get off work about 5, 5.30, and you say, Oh, i got to go home and get some supper, tell Mama you're not going to make it home for supper. You're going to come up and eat at the church, and we're going to feed you and serve some good food and uh, bring some guys from your work and, and bring your, uh, your men friends. And then uh, come up. It'll be a really, really powerful time. And Ken Freeman's a great speaker. If you haven't gone to his website, KenFreeman.com, you should. He's got an amazing testimony that you'll really want to uh, hear about. But he's such a great speaker. So uh, just encourage you to come out on the uh, 22nd. All right. Wonderful.
1: One last announcement. Brother Chris, come here. He's going to tell you about a new a, opportunity for our youth on Sunday mornings. So as of right now, we haven't had a uh, teen Sunday school, I think, since probably Jacqueline left. So we're going to start getting the teens back together on Sunday mornings at 9.30. I was going to do it this morning, kind of just gather the ones that were here, but the only ones that i seen were practicing to sing this morning, so I wasn't going to bother them. But uh, So next Sunday, if you would, I don't think we've got a room quite ready yet, so we're just going to meet over here in the coffee room next Sunday at 9.30. Might even be some breakfast in, in it for you if you show up. We'll sit down, we'll talk. Um, We'll just learn a little bit more about Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. Praise the Lord. All right, some of you that uh, have read it on Facebook, some of you got it through the word of mouth, but I want to tell you personally, thank you so much for all your donations and for giving in the special offering last week for our AC unit. doesn't feel too bad in here right now. But uh, we raised $3,000 toward our 4500 goal. Can you give the Lord a hand clap? And I believe by the, uh, next, by the end of next month, we will be able to have that and uh, go ahead and try to get that in. I, I know the temps are falling, and we've pretty much survived this year. But before long, summer will be back. And we want to be prepared. So, uh, But if the Lord impresses upon you to give to that uh, project, give to that. Uh, mark that in your envelope when you put it in there. And, and any money that you donate towards the AC unit will go directly to that fund to uh, replace our AC unit. Which, again, we're, our goal is $4,500. That's for this building. We'll worry about that building once we get this one taken care of. So we had two ACs go out this year. That's what happens when you get age on equipment, right? And uh, so they, they do go out. But uh, we're going. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering, and we're going to do it a little bit different because every Sunday we receive it a little bit different. We want to do a two, actually a three-fold thing. Uh, we're going to receive, uh, I'm going to have you bring it down, put it in the uh, offering Plates. While you're doing that, I want you to fellowship. This is uh, friends and family day, so don't act like you don't know each other and fellowship for a few moments as they play. And then all that's going to go on, and we're going to dismiss our children's church uh, at the same thing. So I want you to uh, remember that. And then uh, they did want me to mention New Sunday coming up. We're going to have dramas on that Sunday, and they have challenged me, they have challenged me through a rumor and through different things that uh, they want to give me a Gatorade bath, (laughs) but I said the only way that can happen is you get 200 people here for you Sunday. So they said they're working on it. That Hey, when you run 150, if everybody would show up on the same Sunday, getting everybody on the same Sunday on the same page, uh, we can do 200. That is not unreachable. So uh, I said if y'all get 200, then uh, I will take a Gatorade bath and uh, feel like a coach winning a huge game. And uh, so far as a Tennessee fan, that may be my only We'll leave it right there. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we're going to fellowship. Bring your offerings to the front. Lord, I pray for everyone, Lord, that is sown into this ministry. And, Lord, sown into your kingdom. And, Lord, I pray that you would, Lord Jesus, take it. Let it be overflowing. And we're going to give you praise and glory. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen.
3: Sing to the kingdom. Love oh, oh, It's your time. rise up and worship you, Lord. Let us surrender it all to you, God, because your love never fails us, Lord, because you can take us through anything, God, and we worship you this morning. We love you, Lord. It never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Been so, so good to me when I felt no. Word Line up, Mountain you all climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you all kick down, now you all tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you all light up, mountain you all climb up, coming after me. You won't tear down, coming after me. Somebody needs to believe this this morning. There's no shadow, you won't light up, mountain, you won't climb up, coming after me. Till I'm found, he leaves the 99 Cause I don't deserve it uh, Still you gave your life away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God Oh, Oh, we worship you, Lord. You fight for us every day, God. There's nothing that you wouldn't do for us. You sent your only son when you didn't have to. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, it's coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, that's coming after me.
1: This is your prayer this morning. Will you stretch your hands toward heaven and just sing that to him? If you feel like he's chasing you, why don't you stop running for a moment? And let him catch up. He's got something he wants to do in your life this morning. Jesus, Lord, we worship you right now. Lord, I'm so glad that you won't stop to get to where I'm at. No matter what obstacles that I want to put in the way, Lord, you will not let them hinder
4: you getting to me.
1: Lord, let us stop this morning and experience all that you me. have, Lord, in your presence this morning.
3: There's no shadow you won't, you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down.
1: Jesus. Hey, Kenya, Ryan, will y'all come here for a moment? We want to pray over you. Sister Darcy asked me to pray over your family. I know that y'all have been battling a lot, and Elliot's going for some more tests, and we're just believing God's going to do a divine work in his life. If you would, church, give me some people who help me pray. Stretch your hands this way. Y'all come on, step in here, and they can get in behind you. Stretch your hands this way. Let us pray, church. You keep What a sweet spirit in this place today. You know what I love about the Holy Ghost? And I love about his presence. Two weeks ago, when the oil broke, there was a shouting and a victory. Today, it's just a calm stillness. I don't know about you, but it's peaceful. It's a refreshing, just a calm that I can't explain that I want to shout, but it's just to calm, that I just want to bask in His glory, just to soak it up. I don't feel like I need, I'm sure I'm going to shout. My personality is going to come out. But it's not a shouting aspect. It's just a sponge just soaking up the goodness. That's what I feel in the house this morning. You say, I have no clue what you're talking about, Pastor. All it is is saying, Lord, fill me up and allowing the Holy Ghost to flood you and being a sponge. See, I've used this analogy before, but you take a dry sponge and you dunk it in water. It does not automatically soak up water. It resists. But then eventually, if you hold it there long enough, it begins to soak up the contents, the water that you've placed it in. And sometimes our life is like that. Lord's trying to do something, and we're not sure, and we resist for a moment. But if we'll just stay in his presence, if we'll just stay on our knees, we begin to soak up the glory. Can you sing this verse I'm sorry, this chorus one more time before I bring the message. And I don't plan on preaching very long, but I just feel I just want you to soak up his goodness this morning. To know that no matter where you're, and if you need to be seated to sing it, you go right on ahead. You don't always have to be standing. You do what's comfortable.
3: You're coming after me There's no all you all keep down now you won't tear down
1: I pray right now over the next few moments Lord you have given me a message to share with your people Lord help me deliver it Lord Jesus as you have placed it in my heart Lord let it become real relevant in their life and Lord I'm praying that it would help us draw closer to you and grow our spiritual journey in Jesus' wonderful name we pray amen if you have your Bible slip over to Luke for me We'll go to chapter 22. I'm going to go to verse 31. I want to talk to you today on disappointment. We've been doing a series on Peter and the life of Peter and the characteristics of Peter. And I appreciate the ones that have remained standing for the reading of the word. You don't have to stand back up if you do not want, but uh, I'm trying to get better at that of the reminding. But Luke chapter 22, 31 says this, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. But Peter said this, Lord, I am willing to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus told him this, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you have denied knowing me three times. Lord, I've prayed, but I'm just asking you right now one more time to touch this word in Jesus' name, amen. I've come with bad news and good news. I would ask you which one you want first, but I'm going to tell you the bad news. People will disappoint you. No matter how old or how young, people will disappoint you. I remember being about 13 years old. And I won't tell you how many years that has been since I've got a birthday coming up in a few weeks. You can figure it out. But I have been, this has always stuck with me. We had a little five-and-dime store at the little city that we live in. It was a half-a-mile walk from my house. I didn't know it then. I thought it was forever. But I would walk down to this place. It was called Fred's, but it was nothing had to do with Fred's department store as now. That's just the name of think to do that owned it. His name was Fred, and therefore. But I never forget this. I didn't really want it a job. I just like having something to do. So I remember learning to bag up the people stuff. As they came in, and I, was, I knew the cashier, and uh, we would talk some, and uh, her, my best friend, that was his mom, and I just like hanging out in front, of meeting people. I guess I've always liked to meet people. So I'm just bagging up their stuff, and I had done this two or three days in a row for 30 minutes to an hour, just you now, why I enjoy doing that, and looking back, I have no clue. But I never forget the manager coming to me and telling me, we don't need your help. I wasn't charging them anything. I wouldn't uh I was just volunteering to hang out at the store. I don't know if they thought I was what the deal was. Looking back, I have no clue. I understand now as I got older why they did. I'm sure there was a liability that I wasn't on the payroll. I understand things as an adult. As I matured, I understood why I couldn't be there working in their store even if I was volunteering. And after about the third or fourth time, she come to me, and she goes, "We, you can't help us anymore. You don't work here. It crushed me because I thought, what did I do wrong? I was disappointed. At 13, 14, they didn't want me to work. I couldn't figure it out. But like I said, after I got older, I realized the liability. I realized where they were coming from. It made more sense as I got older and I matured and I had to let that disappointment go. I hadn't forgotten and it. it was a lesson, but it doesn't bother me anymore. But what happens is is people get hurt by the church and they never and they want to blame God that people hurt them and they never get over it. And they're disappointed. And they're trying to figure out in their disappointment how are they going to get over it. As I begin to think about about disappointment, I found a little video that the CEO of Tyson gives an encouraging word on disappointment. And we're going to let you watch that. It's two minutes right here. hopefully you can read lips
5: I struggle sometimes with with getting down when there's there's been a disappointment I've looked so forward to something and 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 it, it just didn't happen or something unexpected happens and I have to be really really careful to watch my reaction to the disappointments and the unexpected Because as Christians, everybody understands we're not perfect. And everybody understands that life hits everybody. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust. Everybody gets that. What they're looking for in Christians are people that handle the rough times differently. I have to be very careful and watch my reactions when things go awry. Because people need to see that I'm not losing any confidence in God's ability to help us through this situation. And if I lose that, and I get wrapped up, and I let frustration get the best of my passion, and my passion turns into emotion, and sometimes that gets expressed in ways that's not godly, i got to be real careful about that because that takes away that difference that Christ makes in our lives. I think that's one of the biggest struggles I have is is how to work through that when things don't go well and remember, okay, what would Jesus do? Because things didn't often go well for Jesus either, right? What would Jesus do? So he said,
1: what would Jesus do? I'm glad he brought that question up because we're going to look at it in Luke chapter 22, verse 31. I read those verses to you where he said, Simon... Satan is out to get you. Satan is out to get everyone that is here today. That is his main goal. But the way that he goes about doing that is different for everyone. And in this, what I want us to see that Jesus said that I'm praying for you, Peter. I'm praying that your faith may not fail and that you that, and when you have, that it'll turn again and strengthen your brothers. He's saying, I'm praying that your faith is not going to fail, but I'm going to let you know it's going to. But when you turn back, I want it to be a strength and a maturity that will not only help you, but will also help your brothers. Let me give you some background on Peter real quick. Remember, Peter's the one that I guess if you had identified with any disciple, I really like Peter because he had just enough boldness to be dangerous. He had just, and I, when I picture Peter, I look at him as a fisherman with just uh, hands that look like a working man's hands where he's had those nets and he's stretched them and he's thrown them out in the Sea of Galilee. And I have just picture Peter as just a rough, just a rugged guy. He would be a man's man if there's such, you, you know, a term that we would use. And I picture Peter, And but there was one day that Jesus came by and he said, Peter, I want you to follow me. We're gonna. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And we understand this. And then this is the same Peter that had the uh, tenacity to jump out into the Sea of Galilee and walk on water and understand as long as he kept his eyes on Christ, he could walk on water. But as soon as he looked away and got distracted, he started to sing. We've talked about that, Peter. We've talked about him, and this is the same guy that Jesus tells him. He's, they're at the Last Supper. Some people call it the Lord's Supper, and they are finishing up. Jesus knows what is getting ready to happen in the next few hours. Jesus knows that his death is intimate, and we see what is taking place. And he looks over, Peter, over at Peter, and I believe he's reclined back in the chair, and he says, Peter, Satan looks to destroy you. But I'm praying that you will have strength when you fail to even encourage your brothers. What that lets us know, do you know that we disappoint the Lord from time to time? But he still loves us through the disappointment. This is the guy that did all those things I just spoke about. And he, in his zeal, he says, look, wherever you go, I'm going to go. If you go to prison... I'm going to be right there with you. No matter where you end up. This is what the word says. This is what Peter is saying. You can see it in verse 33. Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He's saying I'm getting ready to die for you. Whatever it's going to take, I'm going to go with you. Do you know right here is where I, I never like to use the word never? I've seen people say, I'm never going to teach a class, and then the Lord will drop them in on them and say, yeah, Lord, i got to teach a class. Don't ever use the word never around the Lord because he has a way of turning that never and dropping the end and say ever because you are ever going to do something. But a lot of times Christians will find themselves and say, well, I'll never let my kids act that way. And these coming from single parents. I love talking to single parents. Or, I mean, I love talking to singles that don't have kids. Let me back up and say. I said that wrong. But as I love talking to single parents, too. Let me back up. I'm getting myself in trouble here. I'm talking about single people who don't have kids. And they tell you how to raise your kids. You ever had that happen? And they say, I'm never going to let my kid do that. And I say, do you have kids? No. Well, wait till you have kids. It changes. I remember youth pastoring. Before I had kids, before I had kids, I thought, I can't believe those parents let their kids do that. And then I had kids. And I had to rethink my thinking. Now I know it's different. I tell them, when you youth pastor them and you send them back home, that's one thing. When you have to bring them home with you, that's another thing. And Peter is saying, I'm never going to leave your side, Lord. You ever get that young Christian that says, I'm never going to quit coming to church. I'm never going to quit serving the Lord. And I say, I hope that's true, but you've got to hang on to that passion because things begin to happen in life and they begin to look, why did the Lord allow that to happen? They begin questioning him. So I try to, Caution people, don't use the word never, because that's such a long time. Peter's like, look, I don't know what you're about to go through, but I'm going to go through it with you. You've got to look at the next verse. Jesus said, Peter, the rooster, he's prophesying, the rooster will not crow to this day until you deny me three times. He will not, the rooster will not crow until you, he's telling Peter, look, you've got heart right now, but when it comes down to it, you're going to disappoint. I told you at the start of this, people are going to disappoint you. I begin to think about disappointment and I think about if I had to describe it, it's when actions do not meet expectations. Do you know why your spouse disappoints you? Their actions didn't meet your expectation. You know why friends disappoint you? Their actions didn't meet your expectations. Now, I know this is not one of those shouting sermons, but it has to be heard because the key is what are you going to do when you are disappointed? People will disappoint you, but that doesn't mean you need to quit serving the Lord. So many people fail in regards to their walk with the Lord because they've allowed somebody to disappoint them and in that they have have turned it over and allowed it to blame it on the Lord for whatever reason or blame it on that he didn't do what he was supposed to do and now their walk has suddenly stopped. And I'm encouraging everyone every day, when you go through disappointments, Keep leaning on the Lord. When you go through hard times, keep leaning up on him and his understanding and not our own understanding. Can I go ahead and let you know that the government is going to disappoint you? If you haven't figured that out by now, the people that make the laws in Washington are going to disappoint you because their actions are not going to meet your expectations. But you can't quit living for the Lord. Can I go ahead and let you know I'm going to disappoint you? I'm going to do something, not intentionally, but my actions or my message is probably not going to reach your expectations. If you give me an opportunity, I will talk to you about it. We can discuss it. Hopefully make amends. But as soon as my expectations don't meet what you think they should, I'm going to disappoint you. I've had people tell me, you didn't visit or call when I went through this. It breaks my heart to get those calls because I know I've disappointed them. But what I have to explain is, I didn't know you were in the hospital, so I didn't know what your expectation was, so therefore, I couldn't meet it. Will you give me another chance? Will you accept my apology? Most say yes. I don't use it as a crutch. I just give me an opportunity, give me a chance to explain. Because what happens is, in marriages, in relationships, when the communication breaks down, we go to what we call assume. And I just assume that you know what my expectations are. And when you don't meet my assumed expectations, I get disappointed. What they didn't know was what you assumed, nor did they know your expectations. I meet with many married couples that are going through issues, and I tell them the number one thing is you have to communicate your expectations. Now, they may be unrealistic expectations that can't be met, but at least it gives the other person something to shoot for. You can't assume. We walk into these things. Assuming that everybody knows what your expectations are. And we find out real quick, they didn't know that. I can use myself. I gave myself permission. But I remember walking into a married life. I was the ripe old age of 20. I had it all figured out, and I had nothing figured out. And what I was expecting didn't meet my expectations. They were setting high. I was under the impression that supper was going to be served every night, cooked on an open stove. My wife let me know real quick, that's not happening. I can tell this because she jokes about it. I learned real quick to lower my expectations when it comes to dinner. I did. As they say, I wanted a happy wife and a happy life. So I lowered, but it was through community. Yeah, y'all got to laugh this morning. It's through communication that you understand what expectations are. But if you never sit down and have those open conversations of this is what I'm expecting. Do you know where church and pastors go wrong? It's in the expectations. You are expecting me to do something, I'm expecting you to do something, and when they don't gel, then there becomes a disappointment on one end or another. Now you know I'm preaching truth this morning. So as long as everybody's happy. As long as expectations are being met, we're all good. Even in your work, if you think about it, you let expectations not get communicated, and your boss is expecting you need to do something, and you don't know it, and you disappoint him, you hear it. And you look, I didn't know. Well, I told you three weeks ago, yeah, but I forgot. Remind me of my expectation. I'm going to go funny here for just one moment. When I go into a restaurant, there's a sign in every bathroom that I walk out of. Now, to me, it's just expected. This is one of those things that you should not have to put a sign as you exit the bathroom door the restroom that says all employees must wash hands to me that's just an an expected behavior I just, I don't think they need to be told or reminded. But along my thinking, if you'll give me just a moment, that somewhere along the way, somebody forgot as they went back to work. So an employer said, look, I don't want you to forget. So I want you to see the sign every time you walk out the door as a reminder that you've got to wash your hands. That is a communicated expectations. That way no one that has served food is disappointed. And I thank God for putting that expectations up there. Now I know that's a small thing, but Here's the thing. God is wanting us to do something. God is wanting us to serve him. God is wanting us to walk with him. God is wanting us to be all that he wants us to be. But there are going to be times that we are going to come up short and we are going to disappoint him. And he even told Peter, you're going to disappoint me. You're saying one thing right now, but I know by the time the crow uh uh, by the rooster, by the time the rooster crows at daybreak, you're going to deny me three different times. So, if you look down at verse 54 of the same chapter, you find that when they seized Jesus and they led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following. At a distance. I think he was just kind of on the fringe of saying, What's going on? I want to be a part of what's happening, but I don't want to be in the middle of it. I'm going to watch from a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and they all sat down, Peter said among them, And then I like this. There was a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him and said, This man was also with him. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder, is that the same serving girl that Jesus healed along the way? I don't know that it is or isn't. But sometimes it just makes me wonder how she knew to pick Peter out of the crowd. But she recognized him and said, this guy was with Jesus. This guy was with him. And Peter, he, you know, didn't want to disappoint, but he did. In that one moment, that instant, He was afraid. That was after just a few hours before. He said, Lord, I'm going to go with you to death. And he says, I don't know who you're talking about. He denied him, saying, woman, I don't know him. And then a little while later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I'm not. Dude, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're going through. But I'm not one of them. Number two. And then Peter said, and then after an interval, about an hour still, another insisted certainly that this man also with him, for too he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately when he saw, immediately he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of what the Lord said. How he had said, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times and I want you to look. He went out and he wept bitterly. He had disappointed the man that he said, no matter where you go, I'll follow you to prison or I'll follow you to death. He realized at that moment that he had disappointed him And he went out, and and the overwhelming conviction and the overwhelming heaviness of the moment, he just wept bitterly. But it's what we know comes next. Even in that moment, after everything was said and done, Jesus still loved him. Jesus didn't give up on him jesus as the guy of the tyson said what would jesus do we know that later on in the scripture after the crucifixion and when jesus uh, represented himself that he restored peter even in the disappointment peter was restored Can I tell you what we do if we're not careful? We get a suitcase. And we put all our disappointments in it. One after another after another. Because life is full of disappointments. That that was one story as a 13-year-old boy I could share with you. I, I could go ahead and share a lot more. We could be here all afternoon. And we put those disappointments in our suitcase, and we drag them everywhere we go. And then when something else happens, we want to reach over in our file and say, oh, I remember when I was disappointed here. That's strike two, and, you know, I can't believe that. And then we file that away that we add to our disappointment. So we're carrying all our disappointment around and we really don't know what to do with it but it starts to define us and then we become bitter because we've been disappointed way too long and too many times and then we begin to take it out on Jesus and understand Jesus never quit loving us. Even in our disappointments we have to figure out what to do with the disappointments. We have to learn that when disappointments comes, whether there's a conflict in a marriage or a conflict in a family, whether there's conflict on the job, you've got to be able to sit down and say, these are the expectations. And in a marriage, there may be unrealistic expectations. As I shared with you in a fun of laughter that I brought my expectations down. There's times that when we have to adjust our expectations. I want to take a quick poll here for a moment. Then I'm get ready to close. Sister Darcy, get ready. How many of you, when you get a job, your first question is, how much am I going to get paid? Be honest. That's one of the first. How much does this job pay? Why? Because we want to expect at the end what it should pay. I don't know many times that we have went to our employer and said, just pay me what you think I'm worth. Because if I did that, they wouldn't meet my expectations. Stacy gets a kick out of that. I feel I'm worth a lot. My time is, how can I put it, precious. But how many times we ask God, God, what do you expect of me? We know what we expect of him. We read it in the Bible. We expect him to solve every problem that we have. We expect him to heal us when we get sick. We expect him to provide financial means when we need financial uh, means to take place. We know what we expect from God, but have we ever asked him the question, Lord, what do you expect from me? Because you know why? We don't want to know the answer. We, we have this myth That somewhere along our Christian walk, that if we ask God what he expects from me, that automatically when you ask him that question, that you've got to go be a missionary somewhere in another country that you've never been. That's what we've kind of, I don't want to know what God's going to do with me because he may send me way over there. So I'm not even going to ask him. You know, I've met a lot of missionaries and not one of them, has said, I wish God had never sent me here. Why? Because before he chose to send them there, he prepared them for the job, and I've never seen God send somebody where they really didn't want to go. Now, there's been a few challenging times that I've talked to them, and they said that wasn't my first choice, but I knew that's where God was sending me. But we have this myth. We're afraid to ask God, what do you expect from me? One reason we don't ask that question is we don't want to disappoint him. So as long as we don't know, we can't disappoint. But I want to get you to the point of asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that this Sunday you expect from me? It could be as simply as listening to his word and going and praying with somebody across the aisle. It could be that simple. It could be as simple as sitting down with your family member Your loved one, your spouse, and saying, Look, what do you expect from me? When's the last time you looked your spouse in the eye and said, What is it that you expect from me? That way disappointment doesn't happen. At least you know what the expectations are. Jesus, all he wants us to do is love him. That's his expectation. We find that in John chapter 3 as you stand to your feet. John chapter 3 says, For God so loved the world. Whoever, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's his expectation for the church, is to believe in him. Believe that he went to the cross and died and resurrected on the third day for our sins. I don't want you to be disappointed in the church. I don't want you to be disappointed in Christ. I don't want you to be disappointed in life, but I can't shield you from that. But I can give you some encouraging words. Don't allow disappointment to create bitterness that you can't get over. Communicate. Because when Peter ran out and he wept. We find that Jesus restored him after the crucifixion. Jesus didn't leave him in the condition that he was in. And then we know that Peter turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray every moment, Lord, right now. Lord, every person. Lord, that has been through disappointment. Lord that are hurting this morning, Lord, to we'll receive a renewing from you. We we'll receive healing from you. In Jesus' wonderful name. Here's my quick invitation this morning. I'm not going to tarry. I'm not going to try to talk you into getting here. This is simple. If you have a special need that you want the church to pray with you about, I want you to come and stand over here to my right. But this is for everybody that's been disappointed that you can't get over the disappointment. You have stacked it away. You've put it in your suitcase. You carry it everywhere you go. It's your crutch in life that you have been disappointed in you don't know what to do at this moment i want you to give it to the lord i want you to hand it over to jesus and say lord somebody's actions did not meet my expectations and therefore i am disappointed and i can't get over that I want you to help me today to get beyond that. I want to let this suitcase of disappointments go, and I want to live a life of freedom in you. If that is you today, when they start singing this song, I want you to come down here to the front and begin to plead your case, begin to pray, and begin to ask the Lord to let you be set free from the disappointments in your life today. Sing this song.
3: Pain. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His winds and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions, eclipsed by the glory, and I realize just how beautiful You are and how great. Your affections are for me and. Her-
1: the Lord tugging on your heart and you want prayer we want to pray with you right now I want to give you that opportunity as I sing this worship song Does anyone need special prayer before we dismiss today? Jesus, give me some ladies, help me pray. Stretch your hand. We're going to pray for Brother Lester and uh, Chelsea today. pray for a man. Oh, Lord, as she walks this journey, Lord, we don't understand, Lord, all the situation. We don't understand, Lord Jesus, Lord, the outcome. But, Lord, I'm praying for strength for her and little Luke. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, do a divine, Lord, purpose, Lord Jesus, that you would begin to bring comfort and begin to bring strength. Lord Jesus, and. Lord, in the, her darkest hours, Lord, let her find you. Lord, let her see your light, Lord Jesus. Lord, as she leans upon you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sing his chorus as we get ready to dismiss he loves us let this be your prayer let this be your worship going to keep singing you're dismissed today thank you for being at
4: community connection church